Welcome to Star Wars Comics and Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. And so brings another book review. So this week, guys, I'm doing yet another book review of the High Republic era. So I've already done multiple ones in the past, and this is the next one on my list, which is Race to Crash Point Tower. So Race to Crash Point Tower is in the first phase of the High Republic, but is in the second wave. It works as sort of a companion book to The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott, which is something I've also done a review of, which in a moment I'll list my prior reviews. But I would say this is a junior novel, so it is aimed at middle grade, middle school kind of kids, you know, 10-ish year olds, I'd say is the general aim, maybe a little bit younger, eight-year-olds. But it works so well as a book, regardless of your age. Once again, like this one and like A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland, which was the junior novel for the first phase, first wave of the High Republic. I thought this was excellent. There's a couple of pictures in there which I think really help the world and you visualise certain aspects of it. But the storytelling, the characters and the whole plot of the book is just, it's really good. It's on a much smaller scale, but I think it works very, very well. Now, before I get into things, just to clarify what you can expect in case you haven't tuned into one of my book reviews before. First of all, I'm going to give a little bit of background information on the High Republic, where this sits, and a little bit of other stuff like that. Then I'm going to give my spoiler-free thoughts on this, like a more in-depth look into certain elements of it, as well as a small amount of information about the book, primarily what you can hear from the blurb slash the crawl, both of which I will read for you. And then once I've done that element of it, I'll give slightly more spoilers, and then near the end, I will give a big spoiler warning, and I'll just tell you the plot of the book just because I'm aware that some of you listeners aren't really fast on reading every single bit of the High Republic content so it's good to get an idea of the quality of it but also what actually happens in the book just so if you're going to go on and read other phases and waves of the High Republic you can get a general idea of what these kind of things include. So I'm going to get right onto things and give you guys a bit of background information and some of the previous reviews I've done. So chronologically speaking, this is around the fourth or fifth book in the High Republic era. You don't have to read them all. The primary thing I say to people is read the main air quotes adult novels. So the first one is Light of the Jedi. The second is The Rising Storm. And the one that has come out this month of January 2022 when I'm recording this is Fallen Star. They make up the main pillars of each wave of the High Republic thus far. And then the junior novels and the young adult novels are then kind of supporting that. The junior novels normally take place the same sort of time as the main adult novels but kind of tell the story in a much less graphic way in a much more easy to digest way and then the young adult novels often are kind of like a, an epilogue as I describe them they're still a big story and things but they normally take place slightly after the adult novel so you kind of get a thing spanning three perspectives from a short period of time and the young adult novel is normally slightly after the junior and adult novels. So the first review I did was Light of the Jedi, which I did in March 2021. The second was A Test of Courage, which is the junior novel, August 14th, 2021. And then the young adult novel, Into the Dark, was October 2021. 
So those make up the first phase and the first wave of the High Republic. So the first bits of information you need to know, like the Jedi is introducing the Nile and the, the Great Disaster and the Jedi of that era. A Test of Courage is going a little bit more in-depth into the Padawans of that era and the character of Vanestra Rowe and Imri Kantaros. They're both really interesting characters too. And you get a little bit of information about the kind of state of the galaxy just after the Great Disaster occurred. Into the Dark, that is an introduction to the Drengir, as well as the Padawan Wreath Silas, and then a few other Jedi around that time as well. But they're more involved in the young adult novels. So in the next book review I'm going to be doing, which is Out of the Shadows, I'll go into a little bit more about the Into the Dark there, because they are like almost direct sequels, really. Then after that was The Rising Storm, the next adult novel. I did my review of that November 2021. It was the 13th that came out. That was written by Kevin Scott. Light of the Jedi was written by Charles Saul. And The Rising Storm is a continuation of the Nile threat. There's an introduction right towards the end of a certain being, but I'm not going to say anything further to that. And then this book is kind of in conjunction with this. This book obviously is Race to Crashpoint Tower. It centers around the Republic Fair. And The Rising Storm is a lot more details of the actual fair itself. The Rising Storm is basically taking place in amidst the fair from several different people's perspectives and it can be quite graphic in times. This is more of a peripheral look of someone who's around the area but didn't get right into the midst of everything in the same way because yeah some of the stuff was quite gruesome. And then as I said the book after this will be Out of the Shadows and this Out of the Shadows and The Rising Storm were all in the second wave. And the third wave is going to be Fallen Star, Mission to Disaster, and Midnight Horizon. They're the three that kind of close off the first phase of the High Republic. And then going on from there, I think in about six months time, because it's normally each six months we get another wave, we're going to get the next phase of the High Republic era, which is set 150 years before this phase of the High Republic era. So it's kind of going to go much like the trilogies of Star Wars. So you get the original trilogy, then the prequel trilogy, and then the sequel trilogy. Imagine that with the main books of the High Republic, but with each main film, in air quotes, main book, you then get the two supporting books as well, the young adult novel and the junior novel. And then you also get a volume or two of each of the respective comics. So the main Marvel comic series, which I've just done an episode on, and the High Republic Adventures comics by IDW, I've also just done an episode on that was the last thing to release on this channel and then you also get a couple of other things so there's a few mini series that are out that are connecting to certain waves or phases of the High Republic and then there's also a game coming out called Eclipse but I'm not going to get into that here that's long down the line and then there's other couple of like smaller things there's some web comics and a couple of other minor stories but those are the main things that make up the High Republic and I am currently tackling all of them on this channel and if you are listening on YouTube there is a playlist called the High Republic which has got all these book reviews as well as the two episodes I recently did about the High Republic comics and the High Republic adventures comics. The whole first phase of the High Republic takes place around 200 years before the Skywalker Saga. So Phantom Menace was 32 years before the Battle of Yavin. And so this is about 232 years before the Battle of Yavin. But the first phase and first wave is around 232. But then the Rising Storm and this book is between six months to a year after that, depending on kind of your interpretation, I suppose. I think it's generally about six months. Then it's around 231 BBY. And then the final phase is a few months after that. So all three waves of the first phase of the High Republic take place within about a year at a stretch, maybe a year and a half to two years. Um, I know Star Wars, they don't like to give explicit dates and times because then it can muddy the waters a little bit. But that's a general idea of how long this kind of era spans. And that's a bit of background information. 
So as I said, this book takes place 231 years before the Battle of Yavin. It is around 200 pages, but the book itself is a lot smaller. So with The Rising Storm, which is like 400 odd pages, and Out of the Shadows, which is like 300 odd pages, this one not only has the least amount of pages, a couple of pages that are just illustrations, which as I said, I absolutely love them. They're in A Test of Courage as well, and I'm very excited for them in Mission to Disaster. And also the book is so much smaller. So I'd say this is almost probably about a quarter of the length of The Rising Storm and maybe like a third of the length of Out of the Shadows. It's much more easier to read. And although it is a junior novel, do not be put off by its rating because it is really good. I was surprised how good it is. And I really think it works very well as a support after you've read The Rising Storm. This one, I would say, don't write it off. Give it a go after you read The Rising Storm because there's certain things that happen in The Rising Storm and certain characters' names that are mentioned that you aren't exactly introduced to. They are introduced in this very book. And I think it works very well. So this was written by Daniel Jose Older. He's doing the High Republic Adventures comics at the moment. Uh, If you read the second volume of the High Republic Adventures comics, there are characters that are specifically introduced in this book, which I really enjoy and appreciate. And also the character in this, Lula Tilasola and Zine Rala, who are in this book. They were introduced in Volume 1 of The High Republic Adventures. So if you haven't listened to the last episode of Styles, Comics, and Canon, and you haven't got access to IDW publishing books, go back, check out that episode I did, because I go through the plot details, I give you character introductions and things, and you'll get a much better idea of who Lula Talisola is, as well as who Zine Morala is too. So much like the previous junior novel, the art in this is done by a gentleman named Peter Antonsen. He also did the cover art of this book, so you can kind of expect what it's going to look like inside. And as I said, Daniel Jose Older not only did he do the High Republic Adventures comics, he's also one of the main High Republic authors, so he's doing a lot in the High Republic, including the miniseries Trail of Shadows, which I will tackle at some point. But he also has done the book Last Shot, which is a Han Solo and Lando story uh, set just after Return of the Jedi. I recently tackled that on my Patreon, so if you want to hear a book review of that, as well as a book review of Dark Disciple, the Legends story Shatterpoint featuring Mace Windu, the upcoming Legends novel Darth Plagueis. We'll say upcoming, it's been out for ages, but I'm currently listening to it, so I'll be doing a review on that. If you want to get all of that stuff, go over to patreon.com slash genuinechitschat. A link is in the description, and you can hear those book reviews as well as comic reviews that aren't released on this main channel as well, that are non-Star Wars. But I do a lot of Star Wars book reviews over there too, because I don't have time to do all the Star Wars book reviews on everything in these formats and stuff. So the Patreon versions are are slightly more maybe rambly they don't go into in-depth detail i don't use notes in the same way i just kind of click record and go for like 20 minutes but that's generally what you could expect so if you want to support the show for as little as one pound a month and get hours of additional content about the two things i mentioned and a whole other show i do with megan and early access to stuff please consider checking out my patreon So let's get into the information of Race to Crashpoint Tower. As I said, it takes place around the time of the High Republic Fair. So there's a big deal that the Chancellor, Chancellor Lena So, she basically put together to try and make it so that the worlds of the Republic feel very connected to try and celebrate the Republic being together. There's lots of cool things there. If you want really detailed imagery of that, read The Rising Storm or listen to my uh, review on that because I go into a little bit more depth. They have like a cool zoo. They have these floating island things, food vendors, you know, what you'd expect a normal fair on earth as well as adding a sci-fi space fantasy sort of edge to it but it it sound is really really cool but obviously as in star wars and because you hear it by reading the synopsis of the rising storm when you get into the high republic fair things don't all go to plan unsurprisingly but let me just read the blurb for race to crash point tower for you guys just to set the scene a little bit and then i'll read the crawl and then i'll get into the non-spoilery details and introduce the characters a little bit and we'll kind of go from there so here's the blurb 
Long before the Clone Wars, the Empire, or the First Order, the Jedi lit the way for the galaxy in a golden age known as the High Republic. The Republic Fair is coming. Visitors from all over the galaxy are travelling to the planet Valo for a massive, awe-inspiring festival celebrating the Republic. While his fellow Valons prepare for the fair, Jedi Padawan Ram Jomaram is hiding out in his favourite place, a dingy garage filled with mechanical parts and tools. But when a security alarm goes off on the nearby hilltop nicknamed Crash Point Peak, he ventures out with his trusty droid V-18 to investigate. There, he discovers that someone has disabled Valo's communications tower, a frightening sign that Valo and the Republic Fair are in danger. Sure enough, as Ram races to warn the Jedi, the dreaded Nile unleashes a surprise attack. It's up to Ram to face down the enemy at Crashpoint Tower and send a call for help to the Republic. Luckily, he's about to get some assistance from unexpected new friends. So as I said, without even getting into the crawl, that has already given away the plot of the most of the book. And, you know, you can take certain assumptions from that as well of how it's going to end, but I'm not going to tell you that here. But yeah, just like the blurb of The Rising Storm, it says there's a Republic Fair and it gets attacked by the Nile. That's the long and the short of it, basically. So I'm now going to read you the crawl, and then after that I'll give a bit more information, still fairly spoiler-free, on my thoughts on this book and a few of the characters. The Galaxy Celebrates with the dark days of the hyperspace disaster behind them, Chancellor Lena So pushes ahead with the latest of her great works. The Republic Fair will be her finest hour, a celebration of peace, unity and hope on the frontier world of Valo. But an insatiable horror appears on the horizon. One by one, planets fall as the carnivorous Drengir consume all life in their path. As Jedi Master Avar Chris leads the battle against this terror, Nile forces gather in secret for the next stage of Marcion Rose's diabolical plan. Only the noble Jedi Knights stand in Rose Way, but even the protectors of light and life are not prepared for the terrible darkness that lies ahead. So yeah, between the blurb and the crawl, there's quite a lot of information there. As I said at the start, the whole Drengir stuff, if you want to find out more about that, check out my review of Into the Dark or episode 84 of Star Wars Comics and Canon, where I go into the first volume of the High Republic comics, and that focuses on the Drengir. I think it's the first two volumes of the High Republic comics, which Avar Chris is heavily involved with. Those are the kind of places that you want to look at if you want to find out more information about the Drengir. Now, as I said, the Rising Storm review, which I did end of 2021, make sure you check that out as well if you haven't already, because I do give more information on the Rising Storm as well as some connective thoughts. But I would say that although the Rising Storm is a superior book to this in many ways, the Rising Storm is 400 plus pages. There's loads of characters. There's loads of different perspectives going on. And although I do love it, this book is kind of almost like an abridged version. You get the broad strokes of the plot that happens in the Rising Storm without the gruesome details. And there are some gruesome details but you still get introduced to some very interesting characters who do pop up elsewhere so as with most star wars tales you get a fun droid so in this one it is v18 who i really like and if you see the cover of race to crash point tower you can either google it or look at the social media posts that i've done with it you'll be able to see that it's basically this big blocky box droid it does get explained a little bit more in the book but it's like a really old school droid but ram Jomaram, who is the main Padawan of this story, he is the person who's like customizes V18 and stuff, and it's like his droid companion. So V18 is a fun little addition to that. 
But as I just said, the main focus, the main character in this book is a character who is Ram Jomaram. Ram, he's a really fun character. I really, really like him. He's probably my favorite part of this book. So he's a mechanic, basically. He is a Jedi uh, and he has force powers and things, but he sees everything like the way a mechanic would see the world. So I think he kind of sees the force almost like gears and stuff turning. And one of the things I really enjoyed in this book is he uses the force to help with his mechanic work. So he uses the force to feel all the different parts and things in say a ship part and then when he tests it he can tell what doesn't work about it without having to necessarily run diagnostic checks he can kind of feel it and then if something is like coming loose or something like that he can just use the force to nudge it in and things like that i think that's a really cool idea because i know that we've had jedi in the past who are avid mechanics uh, anakin skywalker being one of them but i don't recall they're ever going into any in-depth conversation about using the force specifically to help with mechanical repairs to me that sounds like a no brainer like if um post order 66 empire if you were a force user who maybe even was a jedi at some point i think if you opened up like a workshop and you were good with machines and things using the force to fix stuff that would be so helpful and it would save you a lot of time and things and i think you'd probably be able to identify a lot of problems that maybe a normal diagnostics check wouldn't so i really like that idea and it also mentioned that he's from Valo. So Valo, he is at the Valo outpost, the Valo Jedi outpost to be specific. Valo is a planet that's kind of towards the edge of the outer rim. It's where the Republic have kind of, not quite as far as they've got, but the whole point of the High Republic era is the Republic going out into the galaxy, trying to establish new worlds, but also trying to support worlds that are on the peripheral. Because the core worlds like Coruscant and Corellia and places like that have a lot of attention. And then you go to sort of mid-rim worlds, uh, which is less so, and then outer rim even less so chancellor lena so is trying to connect everyone in the republic and she's trying her best but there are certain worlds which haven't really been helped by the republic as of yet even if they are generally a part of the republic it's a very big political thing that is you know strewn across all of the high republic stuff so it's very hard to kind of summarize it all in a in a book review about a junior novel but Valo, before the Republic Fair and stuff, it was quite quiet. There wasn't really a lot going on there. But Ram is from there. And so he just really likes being in the workshop, being a mechanic. Him and his master have got quite an easy life in a sense that they don't go out on crazy missions. There's no hostile environment that they have to fight against or things like that. You know, when you've got some of the Jedi on Starlight Beacon, they have to respond to people being attacked by pirates and other such like. Whereas Ram hasn't really had this. So it's kind of a story not dissimilar to what we've seen in Into the Dark, where you've got Wreath Silas, who is in Coruscant and stuff with his master, he just loves reading things in the archives. He loves knowledge. He would just sit in the Jedi archives, which is basically just a big library, and he would just read for eternity if he could. He doesn't want to go out on adventures. He doesn't want to go out on missions. He just wants to learn and become basically an archivist. And his journey throughout Into the Dark and continued throughout the other books that he appears in, including Out of the Shadows, which is the next review I'm going to be doing, he kind of comes out of his shell and he kind of realizes that you can't just learn every everything, reading them in books or seeing them in hollows or anything like that. You need to go out and experience them even if you don't know if you want to. And that's kind of what Ram is a little bit like. But Ram is more so he just wants to fix things. He doesn't really necessarily want to go out and adventure. But when he does, he's not seemingly as trepidatious as Wreath is. And as the blurb said, you know, something bad happens and he thinks, right, I need to go out and sort that. I mean, it's not quite that simple. He does, you know, have a bit of inner turmoil of whether or not to go to Crashpoint Town, etc. But the cover of the book is him riding his droid with another Jedi being shot at. So obviously, you kind of know what happens anyway. And also it confirms it in the blurb. 
And I may have said this slightly earlier, but Ram actually does then appear in the Star Wars Adventures comics. Now, I just tackled the first volume of those. They're by IDW Publishing. They're also by Daniel Jose Older. So in episode 86 of Star Wars Comics and Canon, I tackled that first volume. I believe it's the third volume. It might be the end of the second volume, but I think it's the third volume of the High Republic Adventures where you actually get to see Ram come in and interact with some of the characters in this book in comic form, which I really like that as well. So if you are being a canon junkie like me trying to read everything, that's fine. You've probably already picked up this book. But if you want to get more into the High Republic, this is like a really good way in because junior novels, they seem to give you the broad strokes of the plot without delving too far into things. And because they're so much shorter, they're so much easier to read. And if you're an avid reader and you've already got a hundred other things to read, or you're trying to, you know, get as much canon content as possible without having to spend as much time consuming it, then the junior novels are a really good way of doing that. But comics, you know, you can either listen to my show and or pick up the comics themselves. And so, you know, I just really like Ram. I just want to see more of him. And as it seems to be going, we are getting more of him. Obviously, I haven't read any of the third wave of the first phase of content yet, which is Midnight Horizon, Fallen Star, and Mission to Disaster. So I'll be picking all those up soon. And I'm hoping that Ram's going to pop up in those as well. Although I hope he doesn't die or anything. That would make me very sad. But I'm I'm hoping he won't. I'm hoping he'll he'll push on through and stuff. But we will see about that. So the two other main characters in this are Lula, Telesola, and Zine Morala. Now, I actually gave a bit of bio information of these in episode 86 of Star Wars Comics and Canon. So if you haven't picked up the Star Wars Adventures comics by IDW Publishing and you're going to read this book or you're going to proceed all the way through this, even the spoilery parts of my discussion on this book, then I would really recommend you do listen to my episode on volume one because it gives a bit of background information to two of the characters that are quite prevalent in this. And both Lula, Talasola and Zine Morala are really, really good characters. I really like both of them and I can't wait to see what else happens with them in the future. So Lula Talasola, she is a Padawan and she's a human. She is kind of similar to Keeve Trennis, who is the main protagonist of the High Republic comics by Marvel and by Kevin Scott, published by Marvel. Whereas Keeve Trennis is someone who, when you start the comics, she is a Padawan who's just become a Jedi. Whereas Lula Talasola and her friends, they've all been Padawans for a short period of time, but they're still all on the younger side. From what I can gather throughout these uh, comics and books. They're between 12 and 14-ish. That's the general sort of age consensus I'm getting. Whereas Keeve Trennis, to my knowledge, I think she's in her sort of early 20s, from what I can recall. But you've got that element of things where, you know, someone's a Padawan, they're trying to find their way, they're trying to, you know, it's coming of age. You know, there's countless movies, books, and other content, non-Star Wars content that's all about coming of age and things. It's a very popular medium. And I do enjoy it quite a lot as well. And Zine Morale is finding the same thing, but in a different way, because she is a Mickeyan. Uh, so she has head tendrils, there's a couple of Jedi in the Clone Wars era that are Mickeyans as well. And she is a Force sensitive who's very powerful in the Force, but she was never trained. She was always told to suppress it for her entire life, basically. And then the events of the first High Republic Adventures comics happen, and then it kind of unfolds her kind of integrating with the Jedi somewhat, but they say, you know, she's already too old, so we don't want to train her to become a Jedi, but we can assist her with some of her Force abilities and things and just guide her somewhat, even though she wouldn't be a fully-fledged Jedi. And so she's a really interesting character as well. And what this book tackles very well is some of the characters' relationships and things, where Lula is quite jealous in certain ways. I seem to vaguely recall there being jealousy, especially to do with Vern, as in Vanessa Rowe. Uh, Vanessa Rowe, she was the main character in the first junior novel, which was A Test of Courage, which I tackled a while ago. And Vern has been appearing elsewhere as well. She's in the Out of the Shadows book. She's in a lot of the comics as well. She's a really cool character. She became a Jedi Knight at the age of, I think it was like 15 or 16. It's 
like the youngest in generations. And so she's generally the same age to a lot of people who are still Padawans. And so Lula, when she interacts with Vern, has that level of jealousy. And I'm fairly certain that Lula also has the jealousy in this book specifically with Zine Morala, because Zine's never had any training. She's just kind of had this thing happen, and then she's suddenly being able to use the Force, as well as, or in some cases better than Lula is. And Lula's always been top of the class. She's always been very full of pride in a lot of ways of her Enforce abilities and things. And then this person comes along who's never had any training, can keep up with her, and in some places is ahead of her, and she feels threatened by that. And I think that's a very important lesson as well in these stories, especially aimed at a younger audience for kids to learn, because jealousy is not a good thing necessarily, but it is something that's natural. And when you experience it, it's worth trying to look inward and find out why you're feeling that way. So I really like the themes of jealousy as well as coming of age and growing as a person, getting out of your comfort zone. There's, you know, interacting with people and making new friends which is always something in these junior novels that I do like as well. You know, Star Wars, as uh, Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained, when I spoke with her, I asked her what was Star Wars to her, and she said it was found family, and I think that's a really good way of interpreting the meaning of Star Wars. Obviously, everyone who touches and creates Star Wars has different meanings, from George Lucas to uh, John Favreau to even the writer of this book, Daniel Jose Older. Everyone's got a slightly different interpretation of what Star Wars means to them and to the wider world slash galaxy, but found family is a very common theme, and I really like those elements in the junior novels, especially in this one. And yeah, just double checking my notes. Yeah, Vanessa Rowe is in this book a fair amount. So I wasn't making it up. I did, I did recall her having some like jealousy towards her as well. So, um, that's another connection if you've read the junior novel or have been reading the High Republic comics to make it even more so of me saying you should pick up this book is great. Now, in addition to those characters, there's also a few creatures that are in this. So one of them is the Bonbrax, and you actually get to see them in the last image uh, within these books. So you get the, there's the cover, then throughout the book, there's two or three like cool double page spreads of artwork done by Peter Antonsen, as I mentioned earlier. And in that, you actually get to see these Bonbrax. They're kind of like little rabbit flightless bat things uh, kind of rodent-esque um but they can speak they they are sentient they're kind of like really really small chadra fan i think uh, which are the little bat people and you see them in even a new hope i think in the cantina but they've got a cool little creature that i don't think appears elsewhere and then there is a scene in this where they fight like a really big beastie as well but i'll go into that a little bit in a minute but this book just does so many things well and it really just shows that even though it's a junior novel, you can still have substantial storylines that stand up on their own, that have some really deep meanings to them. And like the connection, like reading through my notes and things and flicking through the book again, is the connections to Rising Storm. I don't see this as like a, a junior novel necessarily that's instead of The Rising Storm. I would argue that this is almost like an essential read if you've read The Rising Storm, because it shows a whole other perspective of something that happens in The Rising Storm, but is central to the plot of The Rising Storm. And the characters in this book are mentioned in The Rising Storm, but you don't really get much more information about them. You just hear them communicate, say something, something happens, and then that's kind of the end of it. So this just works so well. And I'm very intrigued once I read Fallen Star and then Mission to Disaster, and Midnight Horizon, how much they all integrate with each other as well. Because although I really enjoyed Out of the Shadows and it works so well as a standalone book, Out of the Shadows doesn't necessarily connect hugely with The Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower. It's kind of its own thing. It's like its own side story, even though it features characters from A Test of Courage and Into the Dark, which I really like. 
But yeah, this book, I just thought it's got so many things in it that are interesting. And there's even some information about the Nile, but I'll get into that in a sec. So that's generally my spoiler-free review. I'm like, obviously, I've given it a very small amount of details, but really, it's just stuff that all gets announced immediately. So now I'm going to give like slightly more spoilery information. So any listeners will still easily be able to enjoy the book itself if they listen further, but it's slightly more plot information. So one thing I wanted to say, which was what I just started to say a moment ago, was about the Nile. So within the first like couple of chapters, I believe, uh, Zine and Lula meet someone called Elder Barbatash. Now. There was Elder Tromac, who is in the Star Wars Adventures comics that I tackled, you know, episode or two ago, and they seem to already have some degree of knowledge about the Nile. Well, in this, it shows that the Nile actually were originally like a part of their ranks, in a sense. So if you want some backstory and stuff, Zine Morala was a part of this community where there were elders and there were acolytes. Basically, people would have kids and stuff, and there'd be certain sects of it. But they would travel the galaxy, sometimes changing place to place to place, and other times settling more in one place for a while. And then I think a few of them would stay there, and then the rest would kind of go off to the galaxy. So it's like this commune, in a way, that's traveling around the galaxy and one of the elders in this this Barbatash person says that the Nile used to be part of this commune thing which Zine Morala used to be a part of or kind of still is they're the people who told Zine that she shouldn't use force powers and the force was bad and etc so you actually get some lore about the Nile that I've read the first issue of Eye of the Storm which is the Marquion Row centred story as well as obviously all the other High Republic content up to the third wave of the first phase and this hasn't been repeated so this is like its own bit of lore that you can't find out without either listening to my show or reading this book which once again it just reiterates this book stands really well by itself but as i said a minute ago i think you should read this after reading the rising storm so there's also a part in here where they fight this gigantic beast thing basically in the republic fair there was this basically a giant zoo i keep saying basically and apologies but there was a giant zoo and there were loads of different creatures there from different parts of the galaxy and when the nile attack then some of them escape and so this group of padawans has to help and they take on this big beast thing. And that's another one of the pictures in this book that are really, really cool. So this book also, it has got information about the Nile. It's got information about the Drengir. It's got another perspective of the Republic Fair. It's got almost every element of the first two waves of the High Republic, all wrapped into one easy to read book, which really surprised me, especially when I got towards the end. And then I'm just going to say one of the ways it connects to the Rising Storm, this is now going to be somewhat of a spoiler for the Rising Storm. And this is about a third-ish through this book, but it's kind of the point of the book. So if you've already read the Rising Storm, you're probably already going to know this information anyway. But when the Nile attacked the Republic Fair, they knocked out the communications so that anyone on the Republic Fair couldn't then contact the core worlds of the Republic or Starlight Beacon or anything like that to get reinforcements. So no one really knew what was happening while the Nile was all attacking. This obviously caused huge problems. They couldn't get reinforcements or medical supplies or all these other things. So this whole story is about trying to get the communications back on track. And in The Rising Storm, about, I think, three quarters through the book, there's a point where the main characters are all trying to communicate out to people, but they can't. And they're like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get through this? And then Ram communicates to them, and you read this in The Rising Storm saying, I'm trying to sort this out, give us a bit of time. And then a bit later, you then get him communicate and say, look, I've done it. And then all the reinforcements come in and basically save the day. And I just thought that was so cool to have like this expanded part of like just all in the rising storm it only feels like a few throwaway lines just about oh the communications are down you know although this is majorly important that's not the central point of the rising storm that's not what it's focusing on and then you get this whole story that flowers out and it's just got so much depth to it that i really really enjoy 
But that's kind of the spoilery stuff for me now. Uh, I'm just going to give you guys like the remainder of the plot. I've obviously given you sort of bits and pieces. If you're still listening to this, then you probably are fine with Race to Crash Point Tower being spoiled somewhat. But the plot itself is not the best part of this. The characters are, as I keep saying, Ram, John Moram is amazing. I love him. He's great. And seeing Lula Talasola, Zine Rala and Vanessa Rowe all pop up again is always great. They are some excellent characters too. So in brief, the plot. So you obviously got Ram, he's fixing stuff, he's at the fair, there's that communication problem, so he goes and inspects it. Um, he runs into a few Nile, and then he goes to find his master. Meanwhile, you've got Lula and Zine, who go and meet that elder I spoke about, Elder Barbatash, and speaks of the infection in their ranks from generations ago. And while this is happening, Lula then flies with Vanessa Rowe, and that sort of jealousy elements come out of it. They find some Nile, and then they hide for a bit, then I'll disappear using their paths and stuff. Then you've got back to the fair, we've got Ram, he sends a message to Starlight Beacon, and then gets it relayed from Vanessa Rowe, and so the message kind of gets out. But Ram does actually get imprisoned, he gets captured and things, and he gets imprisoned with Ty Yorick. Now, in the Rising Storm, this is the main bit of the Rising Storm I mentioned is quite a cool connector, is that when you're reading the Rising Storm, Ty Yorick is one of the characters you get the perspective from. So you've got Ty Yorick who's in this prison, who she's like a saber for hire. She used to be a Jedi. Uh, I'm actually currently reading The Monster of Temple Peak. And so next episode of Comics and Canon is going to be about that and some background information on her, because kind of like an origin story in some ways, like why she left the Order, etc. But she's a really, really cool character. I really like her. She's arguably my favorite part of The Rising Storm. But She's in prison at one point. You're seeing it from her perspective. She's there with a woman called Mantessa. And then also she's like, oh, there's this small Jedi Padawan here called Ram who's helping me and stuff. And you get to see from Ram's perspective, which I really like. But anyway, Ram does escape the prison and things. Lula and Vern then get to Valo. They get shot by some Nile and then they crash land. Then Vanessa Rowe goes off to do her own thing, which I think is then detailed in The Rising Storm. And then Lula finds Ram. Lula and Ram are then flying this upgraded V-18, the droid, as well as they've got a couple of those bomb bracks with them as well. They're escaping the Nile. Then Ram uses the Force to destroy a Nile speeder, which is maybe my favorite moment of the whole book. And he uses the Force and he feels all of the gears in this speeder that's chasing them. And he just breaks like one or two things. He moves a wire or two and it makes the whole speeder completely break and fall. So this Nile speeder gets completely disabled just from Ram using the Force on it, which isn't something I think I've seen another Jedi do uh, at all, which I just think is such a cool idea. Then there's this really emotional scene where you get Lula and Ram, they go to these rooftops and they're seeing the destruction of the Republic Fair. There's a lot of death, there's a lot of killing and things, but obviously because it's a junior novel, you don't get the intense details of that. It's a very powerful scene. They cry and they just have this moment, which I really like. And then Ty drops off the Sandville mother to them. A Sandville is like this big like dragon-esque thing. I go into more detail about that in the Rising Storm review that I did. And then Zine is like flying on this one of the Sandvilles. So there's all this craziness going on. This is like the big crescendo of it all. And then the final parts of it show that the Nile actually drops some Drengia seeds down at the communication tower, which is now I think disabled again or wasn't fully working prior, but they thought it was. So then they have to go down to the Crash Point Tower for like the final part of the book and they have to fight off some Drengir, but also some Nile. They use some clever way to get out of there. They kind of talk to the Drengir, say that the Nile betrayed them, and all these sort of elements of it, which obviously means the Jedi do eventually win, which is fairly predictable in a lot of ways, but it's done quite a cool way. And then there's this big battle thing, which I really like with the Padawans and the Nile and the Drengir and stuff. And it just kind of ends. The Nile seem to have all been defeated. And then the remaining Drengir just steal a couple of Nile ships and just bail. <laughs> they just get in the ships and fly away. And there's like, okay, well, we've got enough stuff here to deal with. So we'll just let those Drengir go, I suppose. 
and I just gave you the very much the bullet point form of this book. Obviously, there are, you know, one to 200 pages and there's a lot of character information about that and a lot of cool lore and references to other things. But that's in broad strokes what happened in this book in case you weren't going to pick it up. But I would say, please go pick it up. It's great. But that's really it from the review section of this book. I would say that so far, my two favorite books in The High Republic are still Light of the Jedi and The Rising Storm, pretty damn equally, I'd say. And then after that, although I think Into the Dark and Out of the Shadows are really good books, I think I do prefer A Test of Courage and Race to Crash Point Tower to both of the young adult books. Uh, I just think that, I think it's mainly just because when I read them, it's so much easier for me to read. Like, I, I don't have any problems with reading. I've, I've never had an issue with that. I've been reading since I was very young. But when you read a 450 page book, you know, you can read that for like, six seven eight hours and you're still not halfway through it sometimes whereas with one of these books after about five hours you've read pretty much all of it which is quite nice you just feel like you're reading a lot and obviously i always go on about the pictures i really like in there as well because i'm very much a visual person normally when i'm reading the rising storm or light of the jedi when a certain species gets mentioned that i don't recognize i will then look up the species to find out if it's a new species that we've never seen before or if it's a species that i should know that i don't uh there's a few of them there are a couple of them in book of boba fett actually the clatoonians were a species that i recognized and didn't know the name of but um yeah really good fun i'm really loving all the high republic content all of it is so ace and i can't wait to start on the third wave i'm literally every day i'm just like when's it coming i've contacted the supplier who sent the books out like when am i getting my book <laughs> i want the i want fallen star now uh but obviously i'm going to be doing the review for out of the shadows before that but what we've got coming up is next week as i said is the monster of temple peak that's a four issue mini series about ty yorick it's published by idw publishing so once again you won't be able to check it out on marvel unlimited and then after that it will continue in the kind of loop i've got going on so it will be the second volume of the High Republic comics released by Marvel, uh, written by Kevin Scott. Then we'll get the second volume of the Poe Dameron comics, written by Charles Soule. Then we'll get the second volume of the High Republic Adventures comics, which are by Daniel Jose Older, released by IDW Publishing. Then it will be either the Out of the Shadows book review or it will be the next miniseries, which is going to be Trail of Shadows, which is by Daniel Jose Older, and that's in the High Republic era. That is released by Marvel, so you can read them on Marvel Unlimited if you so desire. And if I do Trail of Shadows first, then I'll try and do Out of the Shadows as the next episode. So you'll have all of the High Republic Wave 1 and 2 book reviews done. If I don't, then I'll basically just swap them over. It'll be kind of like it was this week, where it's like I didn't know if I was going to do the book review or the miniseries, and it'll probably be the same next month. And then I'll be fully up to date. And then I imagine by then, which will be sort of mid-March, I think, off the top of my head, then Fallen Star should have come. I will have hopefully have read that. And then I imagine April time, I'll be able to give you a review of Fallen Star star and then i'll work on the reviews for mission to disaster and out of the shadows as well and then it will basically go back to the loop so i'll have to see the third volume of the high republic adventures and the high republic standard comics when those release after i've read fallen star i'll have to see where they fit in i have a suspicion that what's going to happen is the high republic comics are going to kind of finish the run that they're on once they kind of get to the end of the third wave of the first phase and then they'll do some sort of like vague reset where it'll then go back to the 150 years prior when the next phase of the books get released because as i said at the start sort of phase two wave one is going to be 150 years before this current phase that we've been dealing with so most of the characters won't have been born then uh, there's gonna obviously be it's gonna be a younger yoda i think the charles saul has said he's doing a porter engel miniseries 
series, which I'm very excited by. Porter Engel was one of the coolest characters in Light of the Jedi. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that he's going to die in Fallen Star. That is, I want to clarify, that's not a spoiler. That is a guess from me. I've not read Fallen Star. I've not seen any spoilers for it as of yet, thank God. But I'm just, I've got a suspicion. I hope not because I love him, but we'll see when I read it and we'll see if I was right about this prediction. But yeah, and then I'm going to continue doing, you know, the Poe Dameron comics. I'll see about High Republic Adventures and High Republic, where volume three of those sits in the timeline, because I want to make sure I do my Fallen Star review before I delve into the third wave of High Republic content. And, you know, I'll do the Eye of the Storm which is a two issues together, which Charles Saul has done. There's also a Han Solo and Chewbacca ongoing series that I think the first issue of that's getting released in March. And then the other High Republic thing I haven't done as of yet is the manga, uh, which can be an interesting thing for me. So there's the Edge of Balance. And so... I've ordered the first volume of that. It should be coming to me soon and the second volume I've pre-ordered. So I'll be doing those as well. So over the coming months, I should be fully up to date with pretty much all of the High Republic content in the right order of it being released. So I'm not jumping the gun. So no one's getting any spoilers they don't want. And just hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be fully caught up with all of those things. Uh, But we shall see. Obviously, I've got to fit in the Afra Vader, Bounty Hunters and Star Wars comics, which are currently going through the Crimson Rain sort of crossover stuff that they're doing but as far as i've read so far which is two or three issues for each of those ones i've just listed even though it is continuing the stories we had from war of the bounty hunters they're not quite as intertwined as they were in war of the bounty hunters crimson rain seems to be kind of like an interlude thing and then i feel like there's going to be this big ending crescendo that's going to be the third part of the kind of charles saul's put together trilogy of war of the bounty hunters crimson rain and whatever the third one is going to be so we're going to see what happens there uh, if they do all start to interconnect and stuff then i may do what i did with war of the bounty hunters which will be one episode a month and each episode will be tackling one comic from each of the runs so there'll be crimson rain darth vader star wars bounty hunters and dr afra otherwise i'll do the other method which is here's an episode for all five issues of dr afra here's an episode which is all five issues of darth vader and i'll kind of do that i haven't really figured out i'll kind of get to the end of the run and see where i go from there and then that'll give you guys plenty of time to uh, consume that content if you want to before i tackle them myself but yeah, that's what's coming up over the next few months. We'll see what else gets released and announced and stuff, and we'll kind of go from there. Obviously, if you guys have got any suggestions, if there's anything in the High Republic that I'm missing at the moment, such as if there is like a really... I know there's like one or two books that have got stickers with them that are like 80 pages or something like that, which are like below junior level books, like even younger. I know there's a few of them kicking around, and there's a couple of like comic panels i think in star wars insider so i haven't tackled 100 of the high republic content i'm more on like 95 percent. but if there's any that i haven't tackled that it looks like i'm going to miss please reach out let me know and i'm happy to um, pick those up and see what they're all about but that is going to be it for me guys please consider checking out my patreon patreon.com slash genuine chit chat for as little as one pound a month you get early access to certain things including certain book reviews i release early as well as the Star Wars book reviews I do that aren't High Republic things, so Last Shot, Dark Disciple, The Legends book Shatterpoint, and soon to be The Legends book Darth Plagueis. So that's going to be very interesting as well, because I'm really enjoying that so far. Plus, there's Afterthoughts I do with Megan, where we review TV shows and movies and stuff like that, some new, some old. So you get hours and hours of additional content for as little as £1 a month, and you get early access to genuine chit-chat episodes and certain book reviews and exclusive content and stuff as well. So um, please consider checking that out. That is in the description. And also, I'm trying to get everyone to subscribe 
subscribe to me on YouTube. If you're on YouTube listening to me, please hit that subscribe button. Once I get to 100, I can then change my channel link. I know there's a big push and loads of my pod friends have subscribed to me recently. So I'm now in the mid 80 range. So if we can get that to 100, I can stop waffling about it at the end of all of these episodes. And I'll just have a big old smile on my face when I think about it. But please uh, share on social media, talk to your friends about this, review on Good Pods, give a star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, most podcatchers seem to have some sort of review function there, so please do that for Comics Emotion and for Genuine Chit Chat. Check out my videos on YouTube because there are certain video versions to some of the Star Wars conversations, including the Book of Boba Fett conversations I've been having with the guys, and I'm doing that every week. And as of recording this, I'm tonight going to be recording the penultimate episode for Chapter 6 of Book of Boba Fett. And I've had a lot of people asking me, I'm probably going to do one for Kenobi as well when that comes out too. But on YouTube, things are in playlists. So all the High Republic stuff is in a nice High Republic playlist. All of the book reviews are in a book review playlist and stuff. So lots of places to find information about me, to listen to my content and to support the show. So thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, I appreciate all of you. I'll be back next week with the second volume of the High Republic comics by Marvel and Kevin Scott. And as always, guys, may the force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.